0: How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the NHL playoffs on the third line plug, SensCast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tam Jensie. Tim, how's it going, sir?
1: Hey, it's going all right, but it's it's been one of those kind of write-off days, you know? I am? In which way? Have you ever just woken up tired and then you just can't go back to bed? So you're just kind of fighting that all day, at uh... And then I tried to get another one of the toilets out of the house, and uh, the fucker's rusted. And I can't get my hacksaw in. No! To cut the bolt, no, it's too tight.
0: (sighs) Oh, man, that sucks.
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna have to figure, I'm gonna need to figure out how to get, like, bolt cutters into it. And it's tight to the counter, too. Yeah. So it's like, even if I got, like, an electric bolt saw, I don't think I'd be able to get it in there.
0: Yeah, well, could you take the the counters and all that stuff out first before you brought the toilet out, or is that even possible?
1: No, those suckers are... They're nailed down.
0: Damn the builders and their craftsmanship.
1: Yeah, damn them and their their, their attention to detail. Luckily, the bolts on the bottom aren't rusted, it's just the bolts holding the tank to the, the toilet itself. So it's like my handyman's in tomorrow, and if I'm feel if Chelsea and I are feeling better, the three of us can easily take it down. Yeah, it's just like if I wanted to do the job myself, I need to get the tank off. Hmm. And it's not going to be a one person job anymore.
0: No, because with something like that, you definitely need more than one person.
1: Yeah, because those fuckers are those old fuckers are heavy.
0: Oh, I know, I know firsthand. Like when we were redoing the bathroom downstairs, we had to take out the old toilet, and yeah, it weighed a fucking ton. I could not believe how heavy that thing was. And then you get the old toilet that has the little, you know, disc thingy on the top that you push the yeah. button and it flushes. Very, very nice and very high-tech. But I know for myself, like, yeah, even getting the old one out of here, I was just like, Jesus. What the? F- How much porcelain did you put in this sucker? Right? It's ridiculous. So, Tim, very excited to get together today because today's episode for the NHL playoffs and the Third Lane Plug Sensecast cast, It is our round two recap slash third round predictions.
1: Man, we did not do good.
0: No, but in fairness, you know, there was a lot of teams that didn't do well in that second round, but we will talk about that later on.
1: Oh, and uh, as far as people's uh, mathematical predictions go, everyone's log loss is fucked. Like usually, they're clocking it at .65. I don't think there's anyone who's below point. Sorry, anyone who's below point six. Sorry, point point seven, and uh, the odds market is at like .9. Like that's just how bad everyone did with this round.
0: It's terrible, man. But I mean, you know what? When you get a sweep, none of the games win seven games, and there was some. Yeah. But there was some good hockey, so I will give it that. That's Ooh. the. So, Tim, now before we get into talking about the playoffs and what's been going on in those series, it's been a little while since you and I last recorded, so I figured we should do a little bit of house cleaning here first, just before we get into the episode. First of all, I want to give a quick shout to my brother, Kevin, who welcomed the second son into the world this morning, nice. so, so I'm very happy. Yeah, so I got the chance, to, I texted him, I know that he's busy, whatever, so... Yeah, so I'm so super super excited for him and my sister-in-law Kate. Congratulations, congratulations, you guys, and the baby's name, Sean William. Oh, nice. Yeah, I really appreciate that because Sean was the name of my late brother, so that's kind of cool that Kevin would do that. Uh-huh. Now, another thing we need to talk about, Tim, is about our upcoming summer episodes because there's going to be a few changes going to happen this year. The big change for me. Is that my work schedule is getting changed. Because I'm going not going to be working in the kitchen this summer. I'm going to be working with the maintenance crew. So my schedule will be Monday to Friday day shift. Which does suck. I mean, I have to be at work for 7am. But there's an upside to this. We will be able to do more timely episodes this summer. So we're not going to do like, you know, an expansion draft episode that happened like six days afterwards. Right? Like, it's, yeah. it's not going to happen unlike the last couple of years. So I think this is really good. And when I found out my new schedule, that's the first thing I thought of. Was like... Tim and I can do more episodes, more timely episodes, yep. and it'll be good.
1: No, that's good shit, good shit. Yep.
0: Now, I'm going to actually throw it over to you because I actually want to ask about something. Because you messaged me probably last week, I believe. Yep. And all I read was, Tay, I think I had my first suburban dad moment. Proceed.
1: Oh, right. So, the neighbor kids got their ball stuck in my tree. And I knocked it out of the tree with a broom.
0: Yeah, but I just... It's funny, I remember getting that message. And I'll actually bring it up because this is... It was so awesome to get this message. Because honestly, I felt so oddly proud at that moment. To to get a message from you saying, Tay, I just had my first suburban dad moment. And all I said was that... Where the fuck did I put it here? I think what I said to you was, if I'm not mistaken here it is, please tell me you capped it with a there you go sport followed by a finger gun and a wink
1: I, I gave him a there you go but no finger guns
0: it was so good and I just love the fact, I'm just looking at the message right now yeah, I think I had my first true suburban dad moment that's like the first message I got from you and I'm just like, this is amazing and even people at work, I'm telling them about that and I'm just like I'm just so, I feel so oddly proud right now <laughs> I mean I thought you'd be the person to appreciate it most. It was funny, I was telling like some of my card game friends One of them, was like you had the chance to be the grouch crotchety old man, and you gave it up. I'm like, yeah, because I don't want to be mean to kids. Yeah, you haven't reached that part of your life yet. It's when you decide that you're wearing suspenders with sweatpants. That's a level that you do not cross at that point, nor do you come back. Yeah.
1: No, you can't be crotch. Up until that point you can't be crotchety.
0: No. No, because you don't want to be known as that guy. Yeah. Because once you yeah. become that guy, it's over.
1: Uh huh.
0: Yeah. So I guess I'll talk a little bit about what I've honestly been up to because I'm trying to remember the, when did we last record? A couple weeks ago? I guess off the top I'll of my head. I say two weeks ago now. Two weeks ago, and yeah, there's actually been some some stuff that I got to do in the last couple of weeks that we've been together. Number one, I got my COVID shot noise and it's funny because I hate needles I absolutely have a fear of them like I cannot stand being around them and it was funny when I was in the in the CCC gym where they're doing yeah. the shots it's the only reference you and I could appreciate honestly but so I'm in there and I sat down and you can just kind of see me like tensing up like okay okay it's gonna happen I'm like holding grabbing onto the fucking chair that I'm sitting in the lady looks at me, she goes, Oh, are you nervous about this? I go, oh, I don't like needles. And so she's talking to me, She's, Well, do you deal with, like, fainting, stuff like that? And I go, No, no, absolutely not. Go for it. Sticks the needle in my arm, gives me the shot, pulls it out of my arm, and she's, Okay, you're done. Well, the next thing I hear, one of the other nurses blew a whistle. The guy, like, three or four people ahead of me, there was this one guy, probably my age, he came in, got a shot, and you're supposed to sit in this little area for 15 minutes. I don't know how long he was sitting there, but the next thing I saw was him kind of, like, leaned over, and he went... (laughs) onto the floor. He face-planted. And all the nurses, like, swarmed him. And it was just like, holy shit.
1: Honestly, I was going to say, if you wanted to calm down, just think about, like, how we used to play badminton in there sometimes. For P.E.
0: <laughs> no, I get I get war flashbacks when I go back in there. Because the one time was in 10th grade we were playing dodgeball, and there was this guy, I think his name was Lucas. He had a ball. I was probably six feet away from him, and he nailed me right in the face with it.
1: Actually, I still remember one time we were playing dodgeball, and they mixed up all the classes that were in P.E. were all playing it, and so, yeah, I was in grade 11. Some grade 10 kid thought it would be a great idea to... Blindside me before Skeed had said that it was time to start. Yeah. And like he hit me, boom, knocked my glasses off, broke the glasses. What
0: a dick.
1: Oh, and then uh, I know Dwight, I think it was, I want to say it was, yeah, I think it was Dwight and a few other guys that uh, hunted this kid down and just kept pelting with dodgeballs. And Skeed's like, come on, guys, you have to stop. I was like, no, you, you don't blindside people. Fuck that
0: it's true it is really true man you just don't do stuff like that and of course we'll talk about that when we get to the games as well yeah. relates to that but no it's really funny like even in that C gym like some of the memories i have of doing pe in there like definitely getting hit in the face with a dodgeball is not fun but there's one time you know when you come through the doors from the hallway that yeah. far far corner it has like that piece that sticks out well, yeah, for no real reason? I, for no real reason. So there's a there was a guy. I don't remember his name. I think we're playing What were we playing? It not touch foot not touch football. But, uh ah, fuck what was that game in Q of A we used to play? Remember where they'd split the class in two? You had the pennies on the one side, you had to grab him and run. Oh, back. Skittles. Skittles. We were playing Skittles. And this kid thought he was like I don't know, fucking Barry Sanders or somebody. He's like Deacon guys left and right. Well, he got cornered. He's running on an angle. He (sighs) dived. Like, he dived headfirst trying to, like, reach the port. But at that port, he got shoved into that post. (laughs) And I was just going, oh, holy shit. And he went down. He was hurt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So a couple more things, I guess, I could probably talk about. I think the nice thing for me is that... I actually got to see my dad for the first time since November last week. Nice. Yeah, it was great. I hadn't seen him since I bought my car. so, and that was what the fuck was that? Mid November, late November? Right, 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 like right before December. Yeah, so, so that was really cool. So I got a chance to hang out with him for a couple of hours. My stepmom was in the hospital; she had to get a hernia operation. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll come down. I got vaccinated, the first mm-hmm. shot anyway. So, so we're hanging out. We're watching the Leafs set. Leafs says the Leafs Habs game seven. Even he and I are just looking at each other. you got to understand. These are two guys that don't like either one of those teams, and he and I are just looking at each other like, I can't believe we're actually openly cheering for the Habs right now.
1: That game was so weird to watch because the Leafs were fucking cooked, eh?
0: Yep. Yeah. Like, if not for
1: Jack Campbell, that would have been like a 5-1 route. However, watching that, it's like, marners just look it at the sky because like that turnover was so bad it was like holy shit
0: yeah it was yeah it was not good but yeah it was one of those games where i've never seen a team that showed lack of just such a lack of urgency to want to win that game
1: and now they're not here
0: so a couple more things i've I've said on the show that i've been binge watching dark side of the ring on crave the last couple of episodes have been just fantastic And the last one, I think, was on Dynamite Kid. He was this British wrestler, part of the British Bulldogs. He wrestled in Calgary for a lot of years. He lived there for a long time, too. So, that was kind of cool. And they were talking about some of the injuries he had and his home life and everything. It was just such a dark episode. And it's just like, holy crap, man. Like, it was just insane. Like, I, I can't do the episode justice. It was that good. But even the last couple of episodes, they did one on... Jake the Snake's dad That's really fucked up Of some of the oh, shit really? he did I won't go into that But But the best one of them all Was one on the Ultimate Warrior
1: Oh like the UFC show?
0: No that's Ultimate Fighter Oh okay No Ultimate Warrior Was a, like a pro wrestler Remember got had face paint Right cr- Crazy hair Tassels on the arms Well and I've never seen a show That just openly Buried a guy Just so oh, no. Just so hardcore. And I said to my coworker, Krista, who I'm watching, I looked at her and I was like, you know what? Even that self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior DVD did buried him less than this. Oh.
1: Like, were they just really critical of the guy? or
0: Very. Like, they were so critical of what an asshole this guy was and what a terrible person. He couldn't wrestle, which is not wrong. Like, he couldn't wrestle to save his life. But yeah, they just talked about what an asshole he was and all that shit, so... It's a good episode. And unfortunately, the other day, we lost one of our dogs. That was not fun. That was not fun to have to go through that, because, like, we kinda knew. Like, we knew it was coming, but still, it's... it's tough.
1: Yeah, it's always hard, uh, losing a pet, so, my um, I can tell it's the family.
0: Now, one final thing I do want to bring up, and actually relates to yourself, because I know that you and I were talking the other day, and you do a pra- a passion project, Wild Wild Ways. Yes. Would you like to talk about what you did over on oh, yeah. your show?
1: So, uh, this morning, uh, I just put it up, we had an interview with uh, former English world champion, Ui Peng. Uh, it's a great interview, a lot of fun. Uh, go over it right on a different topics. So uh yeah, if you're into that sort of thing, I check it out on blah blah blah. blah. Yeah,
0: well, what was that like interviewing that guy? Because I know even not for our end, like when we get a player, I'm usually the one that's like pushing the interview, pushing the interview. Mm-hmm. How different is that for you to be on the side of you're now the one pushing that interview?
1: Um, I think I have a diff- a fairly different interview style.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think I'm more I'm more of a push-pull interviewer. Like start, yeah, the first question's that it's like listen 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 and it's like okay i'm gonna pull something out here and push on it a bit more so it's uh i feel like it was pretty much almost just like it, it got to a point where it was just very much a back and forth and yeah it was a great interview
0: that's awesome. uh, yeah so
1: i feel like it's uh yeah just my interview style is very uh different different yeah
0: yeah well if you know, it works for me that's fair i mean how long did it take you guys to land this gentleman
1: uh, I messaged him
0: on Monday. Oh, really? Eh? That, that quick?
1: Yeah, it turns out he listens to our show.
0: No way. Yeah. Th- that's 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 awesome, dude. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tim, we've got a fully loaded episode to talk about with their round two recap, round three predictions. Now, before we do that, we're going to take a quick break here, give the listeners a bit of a breathing room, and we will be back to talk about the second round of the playoffs. Nice. Coming right back. Hey, this is Craig Manalia from the Wally Mathot show. You are listening to the Third Line Plug cast Okay, we are back. Now, let's quickly talk about round 2. Because you know, coming into the second round, we knew that this was going to be a very 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 competitive second round. You know, you had the two top teams in the Western Conference, you had Boston and the Islanders reuniting for the first time in the playoffs since the nineteen eighties. You had the very first storm weather series between the Carolina Hurricanes and the Tampa Bay Lightning, and of course that other series with the Canadian teams. So overall, the like fucking dwarf. Yeah. So overall, what was your thoughts on the second round?
1: There was a lot of matchups I was really excited for. I'm sad that none of them went seven games, and it's funny because there's a lot of them. That could have, like, if Carolina's goaltending had held up, that one could have gone some, some games. I think Boston versus New York could have gone seven games if Rask's injuries just weren't too much. Because, like, those were
0: good series. They were. And definitely when we get into them, like, we'll go into more detail. But, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the second round was really good. Like the first round, though, I didn't get a chance to really watch any of the games. I think the only game I watched was game six between the Avalanche and Vegas that was good that was a great game I texted my dad I was just like you know what if you're not watching this you've got to turn this game on like this game's really good
1: yeah it's a shame I didn't get a chance to watch it because uh, I was interviewing UA at the time but I caught the 10 game it's just like holy shit
0: yeah it was definitely a game where you know one team dominated the other for the first first period and then a flip flop for the second. And then it was just all Vegas in the third period. Like it was so sad to watch because you can tell the avalanche just really let off the gas as soon as that second period was over. They're just like, we're, well done. we're done. Yeah. Cause Pestrangelo, when he scored that goal with like dying seconds, of the second period, Colorado was done. I just Do you like want to start
1: with the Colorado Vegas series. then.
0: Absolutely. Now just like round one, Tim, How we're going to do this, we're going to do it by division. So we're going to do the West Division, the East, the Central, and finishing in the North. So starting off in the West, the number one seed, Colorado Avalanche, and the second seed, Vegas, Golden Knights. This is the very first playoff matchup between these two teams. Both teams tie the season series at four. Now for predictions, and you and I were pretty close on this one because you and I both picked Colorado. You said Colorado in six, I predicted Colorado in seven. Vegas won in six.
1: Such an interesting series too because like game one was a Colorado fucking blowout.
0: Oh yeah. The like
1: game Big two time. Colorado group hours deals a game. And then nobody expected what was coming in the next three games. Colorado played the worst five on five hockey in terms of analytics three games in a row since they started tracking this shit. Vegas had their
0: number. And that's the scary thing, right? With Vegas is that the second you get, they have your number, you're dead. Cause they are so deep. It's like, it's crazy how deep they are. And it's bullshit that they're still not going to be allowed to (laughs) take part of the expansion draft, but that's not the point. This is definitely a rivalry going forward in the Western conference this is going to be must-watch TV. Oh, yeah. Like, and not not in the way that Colorado-Detroit was in the late 90s or 2000s, because those games were fucking bloodbaths. And they were great. But I think for me, because you've got two teams that are both loaded, really good, and young. And
1: they're just going to keep coming up against each other because I think they're in the same debate. Colorado's in the Pacific still, right?
0: Or are they Central? No, Colorado, I think, is in the... What fucking division are they in? I thought it was the Northwest. Because they were always with Vancouver.
1: Uh, The North... I forget what the hell they call it now. Uh, but they might shift shit around with what's-its-nuts.
0: Yeah, but now, I mean, with... You know, the... Restri- Seattle. Yeah, COVID restrictions now loosening up, and they're allowed to leave the border. It'll be interesting to see what division they go into for the 21-22 season. So let's start talking about the Vegas Golden Knights because honestly, there was too many guys to mention who had really good series. Shea Weber, not, it's not Shea Weber, sorry. Shea Theodore had five assists. <laughs> Marc-Andre Fleury was really good despite letting in the occasional softie. And of course our good friend of the show, Mark Stone, game five OT winner. You'll love to see it.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, uh, it was funny on Twitter This morning, uh, I forget who was circulating it, but someone made a Mark Stone takeaway compilation, and the man's fucking smooth. Holy shit.
0: It's true. It is true. I mean, and for years that we watched it in Ottawa, and I don't want to say that we really took took it for granted, but I think we really did.
1: Yeah. I'm really surprised that Colorado had, until game six, they really didn't have any pushback after the first two games. And I'd even argue game two, Vegas should have won that.
0: Absolutely, and I think for me, and I was just one last comment about Vegas here, is that the one guy I was actually a little bit disappointed in his play was Alex Petrangelo, because there were some times in that series where he got burned.
1: Yeah, and he's your eight billion dollar guy.
0: <laughs> it's true. So let's start talking about Colorado, and I know that you mentioned this already. That it didn't look like Colorado had much pushback after the first two games, and you're absolutely right. And the funny thing is, like Colorado was so dominant in that first game, like we talked about. I think, for me, what the the big turning point for Colorado was after Game Two when they took their foot off the gas and Vegas took over.
1: I wonder if it's they took the foot off the gas. But one thing I noticed, like. Game two, Vegas started playing the top line way harder, dedicating their resources a bit differently, and they kind of shift the way they position themselves on the ice. I think one of the things that didn't help is Jared Bednar did not adjust to the fact that Pierre, sorry, Pete de Beer rejigged the coaching, got the line and set up a bit different, and then started push really pressing on uh, Nathan McKinney and Gabriel landis called.
0: It's true. And talking about Nathan McKinnon, because that guy looked so dominant in that first game. And then he was snake bitten. He was snakebitten through games three and five. Because the guy registered nine shots. It's not like he was not doing anything. No. But then he broke through in that game six with two assists. And I thought he played really well in game six.
1: Oh, yeah. No, Nathan McKinnon played great. And that's what makes the freaking uh, I think it's Antoine Dol Dayton... Uh, question after the series so bizarre and i'm just gonna read it here for you tay and for the listeners if you don't pay attention to uh weird after game pressers nate you know i know you're a gamer and uh and all this and uh you know i'm just thinking maybe out loud as far as in your shoes right now it's like all right we've done all the things we could do we've done all the planning so maybe we could just maybe just fuck it we'll just Go in next year and not think anymore and just win this thing when we don't think so much. It's that, uh, am I on the right path with this at all? This is like maybe you just guys like think a little too much,
0: yeah. And Nate's just looking at him like, what
1: the and the answer? I love his answer,
0: no, but even his reaction after that was more of like, the fuck was this all about? Like, and it's then a, a Twitter f- gif just like. It's true, and then there's the guy who actually who g- gave that question. He got. I saw somebody try to roast him on Twitter over that.
1: Well, the guy was dropped. The guy refused to take the L. So uh, Pete Blackburn, uh, I think he was CBS's NHL. Yep.
0: Yeah. That's the guy I'm talking about.
1: Just retweets it with Lamo, and then the guy just keeps digging the whole deeper ball. It's just how hockey players talk. Uh, if you don't like your snowflake, people are like, what the fuck, dude? We're, we're, we're not having a problem with the fact that you said the F-bomb. We're having a problem with that question just not making any sense.
0: It's true. I guess the only, only other guy we could really talk about is Philip Grubar. Because honestly, one thing that really was apparent in that game six, Colorado's defense did not look great. Yeah. No. And I thought Philip... Felt Grubauer actually got... I don't want to say he got left out of the drive, but he definitely didn't get a lot of help on the back end in terms of the team play. However, I think what really did him into the series, those two softies in game six, the, game, the goal that tied it up at one, and then William Carlson's... The, the guy just barely hit it, it fucking went in between where the post and his pad was. That, little, that the, little space.
1: That, yeah, and that set the tempo for the game. Because, like... Taves starts the scoring almost immediately and then Holden's back at it within a minute mm-hmm. and it's a softie and then William Carlson like later in the period sets the lead and then uh, yeah Colorado doesn't lead the game again.
0: No. And, and that's the thing we talked about Rangelo, there was nothing Grubauer could have done on that goal. 100%. Mm-hmm. So I don't blame him on that but yeah didn't get a ton of help in that series. Vegas goes on I think it'll be a good third round for him. Oh yeah. All right. So moving on to the East Division, the number three seed Boston Bruins versus the number four seed New York Islanders. This is the first playoff series between the two teams since 1983. The Islanders, oh, the Islanders won the season series five to three. The predictions on the season, and the funny thing is, like again, much like Colorado Vegas, you and I picked the same team, same kind of numbers. You said the Boston Bruins in five. I said the Bruins in six. The New York Islanders took this series in six games. And you know what I'm going to say right here, right now, man, do I feel for Boston in this series. Because, honestly, they completely outplayed the Islanders.
1: Like, really hard.
0: They outshot the Islanders every single game but game six. I mean... Christ, Game 5, they outshot them 44-19, to and they lost 5-4. Yeah,
1: and, like, four goals on 40 shots is not a bad effort.
0: No. And the crazy thing... Like, Boston played their heart out. It's true, and Boston, everything was going for them. Like, their big guns produced, like, David Pasternak had five goals and four assists, including the hat-trick, in Game 1. But, uh, regarding Patch... I was going to say Patch Ray. David Pasternak... I've got to ask right now, which one's more embarrassing? Pasternak hitting the post, or when Tavares hit the post in Game 5 last year? Take Tavares. I'm going to say Tavares. I think the fact that he had a net that was so wide open, there was no way Varlamov was coming across to get it. No. There was the slight chance that uh, the kid for Columbus, Corpasalo, he could have just come across. But... You know, it is what it is. I think for me, and I think you'll agree with me, is the real reason the Islanders ended up winning this series, Tuka Rask completely fell off a cliff in Game 5. And then... Did you hear what he was playing through? I did hear what he was going through. But you know what? He fell off a cliff in Game 5 and then went full Jari in Game 6.
1: Yeah, and it was unfortunate that in Game 6 that the big guns were also a bit cold that game which they've been firing pretty much on full cylinders for, I want to say, six or seven games in a row. They're going to have an off game. It's just going to happen. But you can't have everyone off at the same time. And it's unfortunate for Boston because they looked damn good. But credit to to the Islanders for rope-a-doping along.
0: It's true. And that's one of the things I really like about this Islanders team is that outside of Matt Barzell, they really don't have many big-name players. It's just Matt Barzell. It's Mark Barzell and a bunch of supporting cast around him. And it's really good because the supporting cast is really good. You know, you got Eberle, you got Pajot, you've got um, Brock Nelson. There's a few other guys. I can't remember off the top of my head. But, yeah, no, the Islanders, give it give them credit, man, because they got outplayed and they end up winning. Yeah.
1: so oh, for sure. And Kyle Palmieri, he did not look good through, like, the end of the season, but he has been having a playoffs.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the honors. Of course, I already mentioned Matt Barzell. Three goals and three assists. I thought he had a much better series than he did against Pittsburgh. Paggio, good friend of the show, two goals and four assists, continues to make Lou Lamoureux look like a genius with all the picks that he threw at him. And like I said, the overall team performance, that's what won it for him.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's just so funny to think that this team has been more successful in the playoffs without Tavares than with him.
0: I know. And you know what? I like it.
1: Honestly, I love when teams go on spike-fueled runs.
0: It's true. Imagine if the Islanders went to the finals without Tavares. God, Nassau Coliseum. You want to hear a building that would rock if they get to the finals?
1: Oh, Nassau would be one of them. Yeah. Although that the rematch of last year's uh, semifinals is going to be interesting.
0: I think so. For sure. Now, I don't know if you saw this, Tim. Now, did you get a chance to see that viral video that came out after Game 6 where the Islanders owner, John Ledecky, was walking along the concourse of Nassau and he's, like, oh. partying with the fans?
1: Oh, that's sick, dude.
0: It was so cool. And he's like, yeah, he's high-fiving people, hugging people. Like, yeah, we did it. This is amazing. And the guy had the, you know, the, the big drum, the do, yeah. And they start chanting, John Ledecky, as he's, like, <laughs> walking in the concourse. It was great, and somebody Honestly, on t- it was great. Somebody on Twitter said that too.
1: With him and like just like taking hits off a beer bog and shit, that would be amazing,
0: right? And I said that on Twitter. Someone's like, "Can you imagine this happened in Ottawa with if Melnick walked in concourse, we would just like
1: get him." Well, it's like I think if Mel like if Melnick somehow turns turns the cheek and uh, like actually spends the money, and we get a successful Ottawa team, and he comes out and starts partying with fans, I think sense fans would accept
0: him. I think so. Because everyone loves a winner, right? Yeah. So the final note I've got on this series, and it does relate to Tuka Rask. Now, he, of course, he did come out talking about like he was dealing with an injury. One big storyline that came out of these, fi- these this series, this potentially could be the final game that we saw Tuka Rask play with the Bruins, because he's going to be a UFA this summer. Honestly, it'd be really interesting to see what Tuka Rask is going to do. Like, does he stay in Boston, or does he walking for agency, because there's going to be some teams looking to add an elite goalie.
1: Hmm. I think the one thing is, is is starting to get older, Yeah, and if that hip injury is anything long-lasting, like I know what Brendan Mackey was saying, that he tried playing football through a similar injury in his shoulder, and it ended his career. If it's that might very well just be a career-ender for Tukorowski, it'd be really sad, but... I think the guy's proven everything he needs to. He has a Stanley Cup ring. I think he's got at least some Olympic hardware. And I think he's a Hall of Famer.
0: I think so. I don't know if he's going to be a first ballot right away Hall of Famer, but he'll be in the Hall of Fame for sure. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to move on to the Central Division. The number one seed, Carolina Hurricanes, versus the number three seed, Tampa Bay Lightning. This is the first playoff series between the two teams. Both teams tied the season series at four now it's time for some predictions you picked the carolina hurricanes in seven games i picked the tampa bay lightning in seven games tampa took it in five
1: game four was the turning point where you had midway through the second carolina was up four two and just cooking and then we got carolina goaltending Tampa storms back, four unanswered goals. And uh, it was, I think the tweet that I saw that really caps this up is Mika uh, uh, Blake McCruddy's uh, daughter apparently said, I feel bad for the goalies. And uh, you have to agree. But also, this is a team that, like like, this was a closer series than it looked because, like, Until the goaltending really fell apart, these were two teams that were just flying at each other. It reminds me a lot of that Florida series.
0: Mm -hmm. And this is definitely a series that, and I actually had it in my notes too, this was a a much tighter series than I actually expected. Because, you know, you think Tampa Bay was just laying waste to everybody. And the meet Carolina, and it didn't go the same way. Because, I mean, Tampa Bay outshot them. They definitely were the better team. But the fact is the Hurricanes kept in there.
1: And it was good to watch.
0: It was. Now, one note I gotta ask... What do you think about the term... Storm Weather Series? I like it. Because in the first round, we had the Sunshine, Sunshine State Smackdown.
1: Oh, not the Sunshine State Showdown?
0: We had that too. We, I never really came to a conclusion of what we're going to call that. But no, Showdown was good. And, I mean, for Tampa Bay... Their big guns showed up, and like like usual. Andre Vaskalevsky played great. For Carolina, it was tough to see them get outplayed. But I think the big question is now for the Hurricanes is going to be with the number of guys hitting free agency this summer.
1: Well, on top of that, the expansion draft is going to be difficult for them. Because they're going to lose someone good.
0: They are. I mean, in fairness, I think every team's gonna lose somebody good, but except for us. That's true. Oh, oh, sorry, us in Vegas. Who no, never mind. Who are we talking? Yeah. yeah. No, honestly, I'm not surprised that Tampa won this series. I'm more surprised that they did in five games because I thought Carolina was definitely gonna make this a series, but you know, it is what it is, right?
1: Like they were good games. It's just Carolina's goaltending just wasn't there. Well it's funny game like, even game one, Carolina I think actually played Tampa. It's just uh it was a tight two one game. And I'm really sad this one didn't go to seven.
0: Same. But you know it
1: was good damn hockey.
0: It is. But you know what though, when you're playing Tampa, man, you can't expect these series to go seven games. No.
1: Uh, what do you think of Dougie Hamilton's comments after? Which comments? Uh, we're playing against an 18, a team $18 billion over the cap.
0: He's not wrong.
1: It's a little misleading because you have to remember about half of that is uh, former great Ottawa Senators Anders Nielsen and Marion Gabrick, Yeah.
0: Total legends in Ottawa. You know, like Marion Gaberick. I mean, God, like. I...
1: He played team games.
0: He did. I've got to ask, not- though, if Marion Gaberick was in his prime. He on the top line with Spezza and Alfie, oh, Jeez. oh, good lord! You thought us with Healy was good. You, watch till you get Gabby on that line.
1: It'd be incredible. It would be. All right. Do you want to talk about the shittiest series in hockey?
0: Now we're gonna move along and talk about something that wasn't. We gotta talk about the North. Fuck. The number three seed, Winnipeg Jets versus the number four seed, Montreal Canadiens. This is the first playoff series between the two teams. Winnipeg won the season series six to three. Now, because when we recorded last, the Montreal Toronto series had not ended yet. So you couldn't exactly give me a prediction. I went ahead anyway and said, Winnipeg will win this in five games. Montreal swept. <laughs>
1: Winnipeg looked so fucking shit. Holy crap.
0: I literally watched those condensed version games and I just looked at myself like, this team, this team beat Connor McDavid. They got absolutely embarrassed by Montreal. I mean, God, Every game. I watched the third period of that game four and I legit, I said to somebody at work, I says, if they were, if, you know, if Winnipeg was an NFL quarterback, they would have pulled him after the third turnover. I've never seen a team that is just, just kind of threw a pass at somebody and hoping it stuck. This is a, this Winnipeg in this series. They made Toronto look like they played with urgency against the Habs. Like well, that's embarrassing.
1: It's, it's funny because like I remember I was like really stressing that Connor Hellebuck was the reason that Winnipeg swept the Oilers because the Oilers were just styling on Winnipeg. And they still had stats sorry, nope. They still had uh Shifley. Like and then Hellbuck goes cold, makes Montreal look like the goddamn Harlem Globetrotters. Because all of those games just Montreal just dancing around this team that is absolutely dead. The defense the Dylan demello defense was something else.
0: In the words of Letterkenny, fucking embarrassing.
1: Yeah, it was a fucking mess.
0: Okay, so let's talk about Mark Shifley And I think this is the big thing that came out of this series. I am not going to sit here and be like, Oh, this was a clean hit and he could have done this. I am absolutely disappointed Mark shifley I can't believe that he went out of his way to hurt a guy like that.
1: Yeah, he skated the entire length of the ice.
0: Yeah, and this is where I got into an argument with one of our head cooks. Because he, as soon as he saw me the day after that happened, he's like, that was a clean hit. I was like, no, that's completely dirty that he did that. Because, again, as you and I were talking in our thread, the guy already scored. The guy scored, the play was blown dead, and the fucking, everything was going on and he ran right into him. That was not a hockey play. If it was a hockey play, you poke check him. Poke check him, he doesn't go in. Yep. Like I and here's the thing, the only way to me that's even remotely a hockey play, if it was like a 5 on 5 scrum with the goalie yep. in and he came in and nailed him like that. Okay. I can kind of I can kind of buy that logic that that's a hockey play. I don't buy this was a hockey play.
1: My problem is it's the two he goes 200 fucking yards he should have. He should have at least slowed up a bit. He should have. Like I, I think four, four games. It's. I'm glad the NHL actually suspended him, and four games in the playoffs is a, a long suspension. It is. So I'm glad that the hammer came down.
0: It is true. It is true. I, I'm very happy with the suspension. I'm not happy with his comments that he made afterwards. That was so bitchy. It was such a bitch move, and Paul Maurice came out just like, oh well, no, that's a clean hit, and you know, so it is what it is. And it's just like, that's not what it is, what it is. He he injured him.
1: Shout out to Nikolai Ehlers, though.
0: Was gonna say. I gotta give we gotta give him a shout out because you know, that's really, really classy of what he did where he basically he he, held the scrum back. Yeah, he built a wall with his arms and held the guys back. And that's the kind of stuff I never... I understand the heat of the moment kind of thing, and you want to try and get that guy as soon as it happens. Why do they insist on doing that when the player's laying on the ice? right there, yeah. Don't you think they would, like, do it elsewhere?
1: You'd think, but no. Good on Ehlers for giving the paramedics time to work with Evans. And it was his birthday,
0: well, you can't say that birthday wasn't a knockout.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it sounds like at least Evans's bell wasn't completely wrong. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a bit of shining light there. Uh, but yeah, it's it's sad that that's the only memorable moment from an otherwise dog shit series.
0: I know, and this is a series I really had no notes. The only two notes I have is on Carrie Price and Connor Hellbuck Carry Price single-handedly won this series for them, for Montreal. He shut he shut Winnipeg out in Game Two. The guy posted a nine-six-three save percentage in Game Three. Basically, all he had to do was n- not screw up, just show up, and he would have won that series for them.
1: Well, to be fair, Winnipeg's shots—they Winnipeg was giving him the easiest shutouts ever. Like, all the shots were coming, like, from the outside, no screens. Like, it was almost like practice for Carey Price. It was. Like, that's how easy it looked for him.
0: Oh, 100%. But still, I mean, Carey Price, you got to give him that. Mm. Yes, it was very easy, those shots, but still, you got to give him that. They won a series because who really on the Montreal Canadiens offensively showed up?
1: Caulfield actually Kotech Namedi showed up
0: yeah I gotta ask what did you think about I was gonna call him a Houston Texan he doesn't play for them anymore Arizona uh, fuck Arizona Cardinals their defensive end JJ Watt he was making comments during the Toronto Montreal series and he was pushing to put Caulfield in for Montreal and they did and they won
1: I'm I like surprised it. Dominic Ducharme had him on the sidelines at first
0: yeah, honestly, I'm thinking, I'm surprised that maybe TNT doesn't go after J.J. Watt because the guy's from Wisconsin. He knows hockey. I understand he's not a hockey guy, but that doesn't matter. He sounds fun. J.J. Watt? Yeah. He's he's a very, I like to think of him as a very vanilla version of Rob Gronkowski. Oh, okay. Yeah, Gronk is definitely the party animal. J.J. Watt is more of like this, the, he's not that. Oh, okay, yeah. I guess the only other note I can make is Connor Hellebuck, and this is a series. Good Lord, just completely got left out to dry by Winnipeg. And you got, and you look at the stat line. Like he put up twenty three saves at point nine five eight save percentage game two. He had thirty nine saves with a point nine two eight save percentage in game four. He was the only reason the Montreal Canadiens did not completely run away with that fourth game.
1: Pretty much, but then. They also scored five goals, my dude. True. But, uh, no, Hellebuck, he came to, back to Earth a bit, and he was left hiding, hung to dry. You cannot hang this series on Hellebuck. No. Uh. Honestly, I'm still mad. We were promised Conor McDavid versus Austin Matthews, and we got this shit fest.
0: Yep. The only way... God,
1: the North Division's a fucking joke.
0: It was a total joke. But you know what? And I think I said this to you as well. When, before Vegas beat Colorado, I says, you know what? We might not get McDavid versus Matthews, but imagine the hockey gods gifting us the resurrected Battle of Quebec. Because you just know Colorado would wear the reverse retro Fiori Leaf jerseys in Montreal. At least
1: once. I would love it.
0: Oh, that would be it. amazing.
1: But at the same time, Vegas earned that win, like, hands
0: down. Oh,
1: 100%. I think that's it, though.
0: It is, man. It is. So that's based, So that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is our recap of the second round of the 2021 NHL playoffs, which can mean only one more thing.
1: Wait. Did none of the top seeds win? Nope. Amazing.
0: It's, yeah. Yeah. So now it's time to give our predictions for the third round. Now we're going to start off with the number two seed Vegas Golden Knights versus the number four seed Montreal Canadiens. This will be the first playoff series between the two teams. And game one will be the first meeting between the two since January 18th, 2020. So I'd love to get your prediction on this series, Tim, because for myself, I'm going to go with the Vegas Golden Knights In six games.
1: I want to say Vegas as well, because this is a team that's well-coached, really deep, very intelligent, and they want to win. So, it's not like the teams Montreal's played so far. It's true. Um, But the hockey gods have been cruel. I'm going to say Vegas in six. But be prepared for the worst.
0: Alright, you and I are both going to go the Vegas Golden Knights in six games. So, I think for me, this series is going to be the biggest test for Carey Price because the Habs have proven that they can deal with the diversities in the playoffs. However, you're now going up against the first real test in the Vegas Golden Knights. And Vegas is absolutely rolling. Marc-Andre has been terrific. They just don't really have any flaws in their game. They're just no. so deep everywhere. And it's just like, there's no way Montreal's going to win this series.
1: I mean i rationally agree with you and i think that probably 90 times of 100 vegas takes this series i have this strange like there's this bottom of the pit feeling in my stomach that's like this is the chaos realm
0: it's true i mean can you imagine that the first meeting between mark stone and carrie price and carrie wins again So, now we're going to head off into the other series of the third round. The number three seed, Tampa Bay Lightning versus the number four seed, New York Islanders. This is the first playoff series between the two teams since 2020. And this will be the first meeting between the two teams since February 8th, 2020. Now,
1: right, because they played in the bubble.
0: I'm going to ask you, Tim, what is your prediction on this series?
1: I think Tampa takes it again. The Islanders are a good defensive team that has solid goal technique. But the Tampa Bay Lightning are freaking buzz man. I say
0: Tampa five. Tampa Bay and five. Yep, it's a pretty solid bet, man. Honestly, because I know that Tampa, it's it's a deadlock, that like they're most likely going to wipe the floor with the Islanders. But I'm going to go the other route. The hot take of hot takes. Hell yeah. I'm going to go the Islanders in six.
1: It's, oh, in six? Damn. Let's go.
0: Because, like I said, like it's a deadlock. Tampa will most likely wipe the floor with the Islanders, but the Islanders are just riding a high right now, and their confidence level is so high that, to me, you can't count them out. Uh-huh. Because if we counted them out, Boston would have beat them. No question.
1: That's fair. That's fair.
0: Now... The thing for me for the New York Islanders is that they're going to need some real timely goals. Their defense needs to be really sharp in order to have a legit chance in the series. And it will be an exciting series because, again, Tampa is just laying waste to everybody. Yeah.
1: That's why I'm, like, I'm taking the safe bet here because I had my spicy anti-Tampa bet last series.
0: It's true. I mean, that's a, and that's a shitty thing about Tampa is that you can you can never count them out, right? Them and oh. their $18 million over the cap.
1: <laughs> fair, fair.
0: Yeah. So, Tim, do you have any more comments you want to make on these series before we head off into the close for another episode?
1: I can't believe this was a
0: thing. Well, you know what, Tim? When the 2021-22 season goes back and we're going to go back to the regular divisions, I legit will never, ever bitch again about having to watch Tier 2 teams like the Buffalo Sabres again.
1: Honestly, yeah.
0: Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Third Line Plug, Sensecast. I hope you've enjoyed it, because believe me, Tim and I love recording it for you. We're on the National Podcast Network. You can find our page on nationalpodcast.network, where you can find our links to iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. We're also on Twitter at ThirdLightPlugs, our Twitter home Tim is at M901HoneyBadger. I'm at GreatWhiteGipster, gr 8 Y T E gipster If you want to shoot us an email to talk about our recap of the second round and our predictions for the third round, shoot us an email. ThirdLightPlugsSamsGuys at gmail.com. Until next time, guys. I am your host, Taylor Gibson.
1: And the spin a
0: Go, Sens, guys.
1: Woo!